This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. By now, I'm sure everyone has heard Donald Trump's press conference rant, saying both sides in the Charlottesville riot were equally to blame. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. Well, most of us did not see any good people among the white supremacist marchers carrying torches and yelling Nazi slogan and giving the Hitler salute. It was a truly chilling picture, captured, by the way, by Vice News, which had a reporter embedded with the organizers of that so-called Unite the Right rally. And now there's a growing chorus of leading conservatives condemning Trump's reaction and calling him out for drawing a moral equivalency between the two sides. Paul Ryan, Marco Rubio and a host of leading Republicans were all over social media. Just a few minutes ago, former presidents George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush released a joint statement denouncing racism in the wake of the violence. They did not call Donald Trump out by name. So what will this all add up to? Is it some kind of turning point? in the Trump presidency. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, we go to Mike Van Solen, who is the principal at Navigator, and Siraj Hashmi, assistant editor at Red Alert Politics in Washington. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Libby, great to be here. Siraj, why don't we start with you? You are uh, on the ground, closer to the ground. Uh, do you think this is some kind of turning point? Uh, it is a watershed moment. Uh, it's, you know, uh, President, when then-candidate Donald Trump uh, campaigned to basically unite the country, um, I don't think anybody ever really thought that he'd unite the country in this way, basically against Nazis and against him. So... You have folks on both the left and right uh, condemning white supremacists and neo-Nazis and blasting Donald Trump for his uh, first 
his, his soft condemnation on basically blaming all sides, then kind of a twisted arm condemnation on Monday. And then what we saw on Tuesday was basically a doubling down of his Faraday comments um, because he felt like since he wasn't praised for his Monday comments, he might as well go back to uh, what he originally thought. And it's very disappointing, obviously, for many Americans. And it's, you know, that's, that's the type of behavior you, you don't expect from the commander in chief, from the, the, the one person who should be, whose main goal is to unite the country. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just to see people defend that um, and see that there's nothing, that there's nothing wrong with his statements. It's, it's probably even more concerning than him actually saying something in that way. Uh, Mike, what do you make of it? Well, it was quite a day, and um, a pretty sad day as well. It just, what strikes me, though, is the, the number of indignities uh, that Trump is guilty of. And we've seen it time and time again. And I get that this one uh, is shocking to all. Um, him standing with Nazis is uh, disgusting. But what I'm really interested in, in is what is the GOP going to do? What are fellow Republicans going to do? And I get there's been some... Uh, some on social media have criticized the president, uh, suggesting that there's more daylight between uh, them and the president today than there was uh, sooner. But I think they've been actually remarkably patient with him. And um, I'm not sure if it's a watershed moment. I think it's, 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 we've had days like this before when there's been universal condemnation for what President Trump has done. But, um, uh, you know, I would really like to see uh, I think it's critical for the Republican Party to survive, uh, to uh, to isolate the president. And uh, and if this isn't motivation, uh, I'm not quite sure what will be. Siraj, uh, first of all, I want to uh, clarify, Siraj, uh, Red Alert Politics, you identify yourself as conservative media, correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Okay. So um, in the a lot of the commentary that we see here, Uh, It said that, well, uh, Donald Trump isn't really a Republican, uh, and so he doesn't really care that much necessarily of what the the GOP commentary is. Uh, And uh, frankly, I I still see Fox News defending him. I mean, there are there has been some uh, commentary or some opinion pundits who have defended him. Um, I have actually seen a number of Fox News personalities who have actually been condemning him. Actually. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Who? who? Uh, Catherine Timpf uh, is host of uh, Fox News Specialist. She uh, immediately after the press conference, uh, their show aired yesterday, and she just like questioned whether this was actually happening, whether this was real. And then this morning, there was a very powerful Fox and Friends segment. And, um, ju- you know, judging by... Trump's Twitter habits, Fox and Friends is a show he watches religiously because he retweets them all the time. There was two commentators, one Gianna Caldwell, who is a uh, a black conservative. Uh, I know him personally. And he was, he and his um, co-panelist, who is uh, a liberal woman, um, also African-American, they were both crying while the, while on, on the set because they were so disappointed with how Trump has been handling this. Um, and that's that's the type of stuff that we're actually starting to see from conservatives getting on to uh, shows on Fox News, and that's that's important because 
you know, right now, and, and many people in, in the United States make the case that Fox News is basically becoming, you know, state-run television. Like, they, they just back everything Trump says and does um, without any regard for their own principles because, um, you know, in, in a very conservative frame of mind, uh, Trump doesn't really fall into all of those uh, principles. If anything, he's a populist, and that's something that uh, really drew out non-traditional Republicans and non-traditional conservatives to vote for him. Um, and, you know, you, you can make the case that, you know, groups like Antifa, the anti-fascists who were at the the rally on at Charlottesville are bad, but there's no moral equivalency that you can make between them and, uh, you know, neo-Nazis, the KKK and white supremacists. You just can't. And and Trump's comments seem to be making that when uh, when when someone dies, you know, all of that gets thrown out the window. No, there isn't. There isn't violence on both sides. One side killed someone, and the other side didn't. And that's the main difference, and that's something that Trump doesn't seem to understand. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, Mike, those. I mean, do you think that he himself uh, is is a white supremacist or a racist, or is he just like a raging narcissist who will harness whatever he thinks will serve him? He's certainly a raging narcissist, but I think, look, I can't know what's in the man's soul, but what I saw yesterday, if you look at the three statements, uh, the Saturday, the Monday, and then yesterday's, um, two of them seem to be off the cuff. It seemed to be him talking, you know, uh, I'm going to put air quotes around this, but talking from his heart. Uh, the one was a prepared statement, sort of, you know, uh, that was actually read without any uh, real emotion or empathy that I could uh, depict. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that's what is worrying and uh, worrying about this is that it's not even it's that it might actually be a window into the soul, and it's not just a political calculation. And, and you could, you know. Politics is a pretty, a pretty tough and, and callous business. And you can go, we, we see times, you know, people use identity politics and, and, and you, said, you wonder whether they really believe what they're saying. But in this instance, uh, I think what was scary to folks is it, it felt like we're hearing from the man himself, his real views on this. Uh, he, he was backtracking uh, from a statement people, that people had criticized for being too late, but people had accepted as being the right thing he needed to say. Um, so, look, it, I, I think it's troubling. I, I, I don't know how anybody could characterize it as anything else. And and, uh, and, and there's people who point to his record o- over his lifetime as uh, being pretty troubling. Like, there's been a number of instances uh, throughout his life uh, with respect to his apartments and, and other ventures uh, where there's been uh, certainly suggestions of racism. So, um Look, uh, it it should be troubling, and and I, and I don't know how you can come up with come to any other conclusion than uh, one of really concern for where his headspace is as uh, as president of the United States. Siraj, uh, what can be done? I mean, uh, I hear people all the time saying this can't go on; this has to end. Uh, I I don't know if. What he said exactly, I don't know if that would constitute a ground for impeachment, but, um, I mean, I'm not really sure what could happen now because he thinks he's still doing the right thing. Yeah, you know, the, there's, 
I, I think going back to um, the gentleman's point about, um, uh, you know, what the GOP can do, I mean, there's now far less likelihood that th- this Congress will get anything done um, in terms of passing legislation simply because, and, and you saw a number of CEOs dropped from his manufa- presidential manufacturing council um, simply because of his inability to condemn evil by its name the first time around. Um, you're probably going to see a reflection of that in Congress with their inability to vote in favor of his legislation simply because of the person who's representing, you know, being the representative of, of this legislation. Um, what I will say, though, is that, you know, I, I, I can't, it, it's hard to say that things will get worse before they get better. But at this time, uh, and looking back on the last nine months that Trump has been, uh, in office and the president-elect, it seems like things just keep getting worse. And, and it's actually amazing how surprised I get um, at the audacity that this president has um, in uh, whatever it is that he's tasked with and his inability to do this job. It's it's actually very concerning. And I don't I when it comes to the 2018 midterm elections, um, you know, if Democrats get control of at least one chamber. Uh, you could just basically consider this presidency null and void. I mean, that they're going to try to bring up impeachment, and um, there's no mistaking that uh, Republicans prefer Mike Pence than, uh, over Donald Trump. Um, I can't, I can't see why something like that wouldn't happen, um, given everything that we've seen so far. But is it, would would those remarks themselves be a, a legal ground for impeachment? I can't say that because you know that. I mean, it's not like he was he was giving those comments, you know, under oath, like, you know, Bill Clinton, when he was basically tried for perjury. Right. Um, I, I mean, like it, having a a president who is racist is not grounds for impeachment. However, Congress can impeach any president they want to for whatever reason. Oh. And uh, I mean, because it's uh, actually written in our Constitution that Congress does have the discretion to replace uh, the the current president for any reason that they seem fit, they deem fit. Um, I don't know if this is the one thing that does it, but it's it would be possibly the straw that breaks the camel camel's back. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, um, you know, I've I've always thought when I hear people talking about impeachment that it's kind of wishful thinking. Uh, do you have a, yeah. a read on that? Yeah, I, I tend to fall in the camp that it's wishful thinking uh, still. Uh, not to say it won't happen uh, through the course of this four years, but I don't feel, you know, yesterday was enough uh, to get us there. And I think the sad truth of it is uh, probably by this time next week, we'll be talking about some other crazy episode and indignity. and, and uh, which will part of Joe Arpaio. Sorry? He'll probably pardon the Arizona sheriff, uh, Joe, Joe Arpaio, who was convicted right. on uh, contempt of court because he's holding a rally in Phoenix next week. Oh. Right. So, so we'll be on to the next thing. And, uh, I mean, this, become, I, I, this, this is a terrible stain on his record, and it, it won't be forgotten. And there'll be lots of people uh, who care to make sure that the American public doesn't forget it. Uh, but no, I, I I still think we have a while to go. I don't know what the what the end of this story is going to be, but uh, I, I don't I don't think it, it's changed. 
there's still Republican support for him. I, you know, I, I mean, uh, of American voters who identify as Republican, there's still, uh, uh, you know, a majority support for him. It, it, it's it's declining, and it seems to, you know, each month sort of, you know, sort of chip away. But, uh, but anyways, I, I think I think this uh, movie's going to play out for a little while yet. Okay, uh, let's take a call. We've got Natalie in Scarborough. Hi, Natalie. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Fine. I just want to mention, you know, how much he loves his daughter and always says she's the one. Well, what I don't understand, yesterday a KKK guy, you heard him say about her husband and then turned around to say, how does he get such a beautiful girl beside him? Does he not understand that she is also Jewish? Their children are Jewish. Yeah, I mean that's uh, the one thing everybody was was and pointing out. The 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 marchers were yelling, "Jews won't replace us," yeah. and other uh, you know Hitlerite Nazi slogans. And they're saying uh, Donald Trump, and and it's very odd that his daughter and her her husband Jared Kushner are among his closest yeah. family and closest advisors, and it's all. Um, I would say it's just, it's beyond the pale and, and inexplicable. It is, and I got to say that the hate in this guy's face and in his expression and his tone scared me. But for a minute, I, I went back and I thought, oh my God, what would happen if I saw this guy on the street and he approached me? Like, seriously, I would never back down because... Um, too many of our people died, and a lot of them were lambs to the slaughter. I would never do that, but I got to tell you, this hate that's in their faces and in their tones is pretty scary. It's it's very scary, and uh, you know, a uh, a lot of this this new white supremacist stuff is flourishing on the internet. Their sites are among the most popular sites, but now they're they're emboldened. They're coming out into the open. Um, Natalie, thank you very much for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, We are talking about Donald Trump. We are talking about that press conference outburst yesterday that is getting almost universal condemnation, though Trump still has his supporters. I'm on the line with Mike Van Solen, who is a principal at Navigator, and Siraj Hashmi, who is assistant editor at Red Alert Politics. Uh, First, let's go to Elizabeth in Scarborough. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. I just um, very briefly wanted to give my opinion, and that is, I think that all sides are to blame. I really do. And unfortunately, Canada is not immune to this problem either. Uh, What do you mean? I mean, there's there's no question that some people, uh, the Antifa people, uh, were not exactly peaceful, but uh, you think their ideology is the same as Nazi ideology? Uh, Not necessarily the Nazi ideology at all, but I just feel that They've got this racial thing that's regardless of your color. You have people of all colors who are Jews and whatever. But it's just this race. Why, why, why? We're all one people. 
my God, let us be peaceful. Let's look at each other and say, we are one. And just acknowledge people, do unto others as we like them to do unto you. What a different world this would be. Okay, thanks for that. Okay, doke. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, um, let's go uh, to uh, Mike and Siraj. Um, what do you say to people to say he did nothing wrong, uh, both sides, there, you know, the other side, there's no question, the other side, uh, you know, some of them were, were not totally peaceful either. What do you say to those people? The, uh, oh, go ahead, Mike. Sure. I, look, look. I, I think there's, especially for the president, I, you know, I, I think the other side, the anti-fascist groups, uh, acted poorly. It, like certain members of that crowd uh, were, were lawless, were violent. I saw the way they were dressed up, and you know, they were looking for a fight. Uh, the, you know, these remind me of people who who uh, protest, you know, big, uh, big uh, economic uh, summits uh, and the such. Um, but that said, there's just—it's a simple—it's a simple game. You can't draw um, a moral uh, equivalency between Nazis who are there expressing hate and and people who are there uh, to to protest it, whatever their methods are. So, uh, and and this is what I would say, you know, of the president as well. His job was to was to condemn hate. Uh, he should he 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 did it in a second go round. He sort of got that. And, and there would have been a lot of time for Monday morning quarterbacking to talk about, well, who are these people who tangled with them? Uh, you know, were their motivations pure? Were their actions appropriate? Um, uh, you know, and, and, that, and that will play out. Uh, but uh, but look, there's, it's just it's just uh, incorrect. It's wrong to suggest that there's some sort of uh, equivalency between these two groups. Um, okay, um, Siraj. Yeah, so, you know, one thing that I'd like to make a comparison to is when um, back in June, James T. Hoskinson uh, from Illinois, he went, he drove over to Washington, D.C., and he shot up a congressional baseball practice where Republicans were practicing for the annual charity game. Yeah. Immediately I've... after that happened, uh, you had Senator Bernie Sanders immediately and unequivocally condemn this individual because not only was he a supporter of Bernie Sanders, the, the, the shooter, but he also worked on his campaign. He was a volunteer. So it, when you when, when Trump is trying to assign blame on many sides, you know, Bernie Sanders, it would be the equivalent of Bernie Sanders saying, well, you know, the Republicans aren't, uh, aren't innocent either in this case. Like someone got, people got shot. These police was in intensive care, had to go through a number of surgeries. It'd be similar as, as if uh, Trump, you know, it'd be similar if Sanders did that the way Trump handled this. Or, you know, if if, if this individual, uh, this James Alex Fields, who ran his car into a crowd, if he had pledged allegiance to ISIS beforehand, you would meet, you know, Trump would be the, out there immediately on Twitter condemning this and, and calling it radical Islamic terrorism. So just the fact that he did not do that is, is strikingly uh, concerning. And the and also one more thing that I have to point out, and that's just the fact that you know while Antifa they may promote socialist or communist ideologies, uh, this, and they were maybe out there looking for a fight, uh, and they actually have been you know wanting to create violence um, for some time, they would probably not exist in this realm if we're not for the rise of white supremacy or neo Nazis or the KKK. 
um, and the kind of the blind eye and the wink and the smile that Trump is seeming to give them. Okay, interesting. Um, let's go to uh, Trent in St. Thomas. Trent, you don't think Trump did anything wrong? No, no. Here, let me let me carefully phrase this. Please, so careful. Are, yes, both groups are despicable, and they're splinter groups, and they represent a very, very small portion of the United States. So. A, by Friday, this will be a nothing burger. I know it needs to be sensationalized, and it, and it is on every single station. Where was the governor? Where was the police? And we do forget one important point. I don't know what kind of crazy the governor, person. The governor, the governor came out and talked about this immediately. Talked about it, but did not act at the beginning. And remember, he where issued Charlotte a state of Virginia emergency, is, it's sir. right He issued a state of emergency. The National Guard there. Yeah, the only thing that the, the only thing you could draw into question is whether there was a stand down order to begin with, because the police you can make the argument that the police didn't do their job in in containing the matter. That's certainly that's certainly true. You could make that argument. Right. So let me let me continue. They had a permit. The 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 white supremacists had a permit. Why anyone gave it to them? I guess that's part of the law. They followed the law. The other group didn't, as has been stated. They showed up looking for a fight potentially paid for leftists the truth will come out about that but why is it not the outrage that when when the previous president over ferguson missouri the rioting the destruction baltimore the the rioting at berkeley all that got swept away this will too but the real problem here is whether you like trump or not if he walked on water people would say that's because he can't swim there's far too much attention. There's different levels of law enforcement that would deal with this tragic incident and unnecessary. But I look at it as a small splinter group of the population of the United States, but it's eating up 100 percent of the West's media. Okay, thanks, Trent. Uh, I'm going to let our panelists respond. I, I don't know how small it is. As I said, those uh, vicious websites, uh, they are among the most popular on the Internet. I think we just don't usually see it out in the open. Uh, guys, what do you think? Well, uh, look, I think it's, uh, you know, I hear reports that this stuff is growing online. But I'll just say about it taking up the, you know, the news cycle and, and, and swallowing everything whole. It's only because of the ham-fisted uh, handling of uh, of this matter that that it is. I mean, th- this group is repulsive. If they were dismissed out of hand appropriately and strongly on day one, we wouldn't be talking about it. We're talking about it because we have a president who is incapable of recognizing uh, real real hate, uh, real disgusting groups, uh, and calling them out immediately. This this. On day one, he could have knocked this out of the park, and we, we would have moved on. Uh, the reason it's, su- it's such the soap opera it is is his uh, inability to properly call, call it for what it was. Yeah, well, it's true. It it has uh, sucked up all, all the attention, that's, that's for sure, but uh, partly because it's shocking. Uh, let's go to an American caller, Ron in Buffalo. Hello, Ron. Yeah, okay. How people can make the same, say that there's the anger on both sides has the moral equivalence, is somehow morally equivalent or morally republican. Uh, this isn't, these demonstrations aren't over uh, repealing Obamacare. They're not over the triune person of God. They're not over, you know, when life begins. 
they're over one group that organized this uh, the opposition to removing this stat uh, this statue. Uh, uh, one group of organizers who openly state, and now they don't even wear masks or or, or anything anymore. Openly state that the Jews are a vermin and virus and must be liquidated to the last man, woman, and child, and that blacks, if they don't know their place, have to be either you know also be exterminated. How can even you now when you get into two uh, uh, diverse groups like this? Who does it matter under those circumstances? Who threw the first stone? I mean, come on, be real here. This is uh, whatever the, the, you could accuse the the Antifa group or whatever. Is, uh, uh, by the way, they're not a bunch of communists and leftists either. I mean, that that's I just I've heard interviews with them on alternative media. They don't get any press in the corporate uh, media at all. So they some, are not, some of you know, some uh, of them uh, are Soviet communists or whatever. Uh, but but even if you know whatever degree they were, I mean, you got a group of their organizing to uh, talk about, to exterminate people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, do you see this as some kind of watershed, Ron? I don't know. He, he's got a support group of about 30, 35% of the people, and he said it during the campaign, you know, I could drag one of these people up or and kill them, and my supporters are so strong. I fear that the country is coming apart at the seams. Uh, will will enough people of a good spirit and like mind have the the the, the moral fortitude, rectitude, whatever, to get up and, and to impeach this guy? I mean, I I never thought I'm I'm a liberal guy. I'm not going to lie. I never thought I'd, I'd I'd harken back to the good old days of George W. Bush. Jeez, please give us anybody but this guy. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Okay, Ron. Thanks very much Thank for that. Very much. Well, uh, part of the whole thing is that, you know, the president's job is to kind of quiet, and instead he seems always to be fanning the flames, Siraj. Yeah, uh, I mean, to Ron's point, I mean, yeah, watching for the days of George W. Bush, I mean, a lot of Americans uh, think feel that way. Um, yeah, I, I mean... One of the things that Trump seems to do is, and this is something that he's done throughout his presidency, is that he will say one thing to kind of distract from what he's actually trying to do. So if you remember, like, oh, it was only a few weeks ago that he called for a transgender military ban. Um, and then, you know, nothing really came about it. But during that time, uh, it was trying to distract from the fact that Obamacare repeal and replace was going down the sewer. So um, it was more or less. Uh, in my mind, the distraction from his actual failure of not getting that done, despite the fact that they've tried repeatedly. And, and I think you can also make the case that um, even, you know, even bad PR is still good PR. And for Trump, who is a marketing genius in many regards, uh, this is this keeps the conversation about him and uh, distracts also from the threat, the the nuclear threat from North Korea, which uh, in many, you know, it's it hasn't really been reported on, but they basically pretty much backed down, and and I, it's it's actually amazing that we were thinking about going to a nuclear war last week, and now we're all talking about the the Nazi insurrection going on in the United States right now. I, th I think you're right. I mean, what is it? What what's next? Okay. I wish I knew. <laughs> uh, you, okay, let's go to Avril in Richmond Hill. Hello? Hello, Avril. You're on the air. Oh, hi. 
Uh, first of all, I want to preface what I'm going to say by saying that any kind of racism or anti-Semitism or bigotry is repugnant. That's a given. But I also want to state that we're, I don't think we're looking at the root cause of why all of this, these hate groups are becoming uh, more and more apparent. And I think, and I've thought this for years, I think if you stifle people's natural opinions or natural uh, ability to be able to speak out about what bothers them, and, and the left has done this for years, you, you can't state an opinion that isn't exactly as theirs is. Theirs is. You're so talking. You're talking about political correctness, right? Yes, and I think I think it, eventually it, it uh, hatred boils up. So this is where these groups come in: is that people get fed up and then they're attracted to these hate groups. And I think most of the people aren't really hateful; they're frustrated. I think the hate groups themselves are hateful, but I think they're attracting more and more people because people's opinions are being absolutely crushed and like they say if you don't have an enemy you don't have an opinion and i just i just think people are frustrated and and this is how these hate groups uh um get people to join them so i I think the root cause isn't being looked at and i don't think trump is innately a bigot i just think he he doesn't he doesn't think before he speaks he's not a politician he hasn't learned the subtleties uh, of, of how to speak to the public and, and how to address the, the issues and the problems. Uh, and it's, it's coming back to haunt him. But like I say, I still think that people should be looking at what is causing this. And the left wing is not blameless. Okay, Avril. Um, I would disagree that the root cause is that people can't speak. I think they can speak. Maybe other things, uh, economic. Uh, Siraj, how do you view uh, this? Is this because, uh, you know, the the middle class has been squeezed, people are frustrated? How do you view the root cause of this? Yeah, you know, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Tim Carney, who is the uh, commentary editor for the Washington Examiner, He actually brought up a great theory about how um, many Trump supporters uh, who voted for him, they actually came out of the woodwork because they were initially isolated from their communities and from, you know, the economic uh, opportunities that came with it. You know, they didn't have like a strong moral, uh, strong fabric within their community. They They didn't talk to their neighbors. They didn't participate in church or in their synagogue or um, or or religious uh, community with. Um, and, you know, Trump kind of brought out this nationalist, populist mentality that all of a sudden gave... Uh, and now nationalism, again, is different from white nationalism. Nationalism is just, you know, trying to hone in on the, you know, the Americanism, the, the America First agenda of, you know, protecting your borders and, and, and preferring uh, that... Americans get jobs first over uh, foreign workers. But getting back to that theory was that so many of these people who were initially isolated by the Democrat and Republican parties uh, came, you know, were kind of, they they had their eyes open up when they saw Trump because he was finally talking about something that they took value in and that resonated with them. And so most people who are actually a part of their community, like they engage with their neighbors, they engage with their, their community, their religious community, they didn't vote for Trump. 
because they understand that, uh, you know, the, the ideas that Trump was talking about couldn't have been further from the truth. Uh, and that's kind of how we're that's kind of how we got to where we are. OK, uh, let's hear from Harold in Kitchener. Hello, Harold. Today, I just wondered, uh, because uh, Trump uh, equalized the left because they didn't believe in the Nazi way, what happened during the two wars when we didn't believe in their way and we fought the same people? Like, the guy, the guy didn't end up in any military service because he had a, a money problem. Also, he knows more than the generals. Like, he's a disgusting example of a person. Uh, Kate Smith used to sing... God bless America, and now she's saying, God help America. But he's a total disaster. Okay, Harold, thanks for that. Thank you. Okay, uh, we're uh, running out of time on this. Uh, Let us wrap up with our panelists. Mike, what would you like to leave us with? Well, I think we can all hope for, uh, cross our fingers and uh, hope in the face of all evidence to the contrary that uh, maybe there's brighter days ahead. This is a very important uh, time for us as a country. We're, we're going into uh, free trade uh, negotiations. Um, the American, uh, you, know, you know, the American presence and strength in the world is as important as it's ever been. Uh, you know, I fear it's not in good hands. So I, I, I you know, I'm, you know, like, uh, I want to strike a note of uh, of hope, and uh, and I wish uh, I, that this can get sorted out a little bit because. Uh, this all going down the tubes and the presidency going down the tubes, uh, I can't imagine it's good for anyone. Okay, Siraj, what would you like to leave us with? I would just like to let our Canadian neighbors and friends know that not all of America is like this. Uh, we actually really detest and deplore this type of behavior. And in um, a similar token to some of the guests um, and callers who were saying that these are fringe groups, that is true. Not The majority of Americans are uh, civil. They are respectful of people's differences regardless of politics or religion or you know their sexual orientation in fact uh, where we are now is um, we are in a far more ideal place now as a society removing you know ex- with the exception of the current president our society is farther for the most part progressed in the direction that uh, allows a type of cohesion uh, if we had the same president you know, 60 years ago, um, there's no telling where we would be right now. Okay. You know, I have to say, before I thank you both, uh, I find it incredible that uh, an American commentator coming on our show feels the need to tell Canadians that most Americans are civil and share our values. I mean, that to me is just already uh pretty crazy. Uh, Having said that, Siraj, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us and for your insights. And uh, Mike Van Solen, Principal at Navigator Limited. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.